Frida. Hey, Carmen. What's up? Did you ever have esa cadenita with like una muelita around your neck as a kid? Okay, so I didn't, but I know that this is the most Cuban thing. Having your baby tooth as jewelry. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And that's exactly why we're going to talk about it today. Today's topic is baby teeth baby as jewelry. Baby teeth jewelry. Specifically, <laughs> now we just make jingles for everything. Specifically, Obviously. Cubans making baby teeth into jewelry. And it, okay, I know that people who grew up normal are probably like, what is, what are you talking about? And how are you making a whole episode about this? Trust us, we will. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, when you lose your baby teeth as a child, when you're like around seven, which are called your milk teeth, your parents will swiftly collect it and then take it to un joyero, a jeweler, who then puts it into a ring or maybe some earrings or a chain or something. And then they give The jeweler you... doesn't even ask questions, okay? No, the this jeweler just like, knows what to do. They know what to do. It's like your mom puts it in un nailito and brings it and then dumps it to the jeweler. And the jeweler's like, I got you, baby. So <laughs> then they give you this little piece of jewelry to wear. And then you wear your little tooth as fine jewelry. So you, the seven-year-old... You are walking around bling the fuck out with your own teeth. Yes. Welcome to being a little Cuban kid. <laughs> Why are we like this? <laughs> like, I think my favorite example comes from my mother. My mom had a ring with her first tooth on it. And I find that so silly because she's like probably, what, seven years old with tiny little fingers. And she has like a little gold ring with a tooth coming out of it. Like, like, like a little mini engagement ring, like super fancy. Yeah, but the rock for her is your to like own go tooth. and lose. I mean, uh, you know, I talked to my grandmother too, who was just like so sad that my mom lost all of the jewelry, including the baby teeth jewelry. <laughs> so one thing that like that I learned when talking to my family about this topic is that everyone had a kind of different relationship to the jewelry that they wore. Like in my grandfather's case even though he was a boy they would have made jewelry for him but he was too poor in the countryside so his family at least kept the tooth and kept it in a jewelry box so it still has to be coveted as jewelry as jewelry as valuable <laughs> yeah my as parents, valuable i don't have any baby teeth jewelry and my parents kept my baby teeth for sure. Yeah, Carmen and I, like we mentioned, we didn't have the privilege of having our first baby tooth turned into a ring or a piece of jewelry. Our parents were new immigrants in this country, so that was hard to come by. But both of our parents did keep our teeth. Definitely my parents kept my baby teeth. It was still important. It's still valuable. Even if they're not putting it into jewelry, they definitely still wanted to keep it. De recuerdo, you know? And I think that's a very normal thing. I think a lot of people keep their child's first tooth or, you know, there's the idea of keeping your child's first drawing or something like that. You know, that's a normal thing to punctuate a child's and commemorate a child's first experience. That's not weird. What I think is weird is that then we turn around and we give the kid this uh, fancy, fine piece of jewelry that is custom made to their specific tooth for them to wear. Like, what are they going to do with that is my question. Like, are they just going to show up to the playground and be like, here's my tooth ring? Like, what is that all about? <laughs> you know, Carmen, my grandma said that she got this jewelry made for her children so that they wouldn't feel as bad about all of the teeth they had left to lose. So she gave it to them and she was just like, look at what a nice thing you got because 
of losing your tooth. And so it's a way to commemorate an experience. Like it's like a graduation ring, but like for losing your tooth. Yeah, well, I mean, now that you put it that way, honestly, I don't really see how it's very different from the Tooth Fairy, except that the Cubans just took it like 50 steps forward and then made entire bling out of it. So honestly, I mean, it's weird, but it's really nice. It's not like you go to a baby tooth jeweler. It's like all of the jewelers, this has to be in their standard repertoire. Like, of course, you make baby teeth jewelry. Of course. You know, it's like that Yeah, yeah, you have to specialize in like either coating the baby teeth in silver or gold or embedding the baby tooth so that it is itself like a little gem that sticks out of whatever pendant you have. Yeah. And so like you have to know to work with it as like a mm-hmm. stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really interesting to me. But uh, going back to the ways that we help kids cope and this being a mechanism and, and really like it is a pretty traumatic experience. I mean, think about it. Haven't you ever had a nightmare where you lose your teeth. That is one of the most commonly had nightmares. Yeah, that is a huge recurring nightmare that you can have even as an adult. It usually signifies like sensing a lack of control mm-hmm. around you because losing your teeth feels like you're losing control of your own body. Yeah. Uh, so that nightmare is happening IRL to kids. Right, exactly. And the fact that they just have to be awake for it and deal with this actual nightmare that's happening to them is just, it's traumatic for these poor little sweet little kitties. And so, okay, the fact that we have mechanisms and things that help kids cope with this terrible thing that's happening to them, which is actually just, you know, a fact of life, that's not far-fetched. We have Mm -hmm. stuff like the tooth fairy, don't we? Our tooth fairy was way more ratchet, okay? It was a rat that I imagine snuck up from the sewer and slithered underneath your pillow grabbed your tooth, left a present, brought the tooth back over to the sewer to add to its collection of disgusting teeth. At least that's what I imagine because my parents failed to tell me the whole story. <laughs> the El Cuento del Ratoncito Perez. <laughs> Frida. Yes. Gonna, you're going to learn about El Ratoncito Perez right now. <laughs> Please, give it to me. Tell me about it. The story of El Ratoncito Perez is actually going all the way back very early on in traditional Spanish literature to some of the earliest texts that we have, but we don't actually know when was the first time it was actually ever mentioned what we do know let's go on a history lesson take it easy history journey in 1894 queen maria cristina commissioned luis coloma who was a writer at the time to revisit this traditional spanish tale and make it into sort of a tooth fairy story for her son at the time King Alfonso XIII, Alfonso XIII, who had just lost a tooth at the age of eight. And so that's how we turn up with El Ratoncito Perez. But actually... This is excellent. This is a great story. El Ratoncito (laughs) Perez was not going into, like, you know, the guts of society, okay? El Ratoncito Perez lived politely with a family in a box of cookies in the basement of a confectionery store in Madrid. And... Very often, it was said that he ran away from home through the pipes of the city. Maybe this is where you got the sewage thing. Um, and okay. into the bedrooms of kids so that he could take their teeth. Um, and that's the Aww, story. But he had a home to go back to. But he lived He lived in a decent little suburban, you know, cookie box. You know how some people are like, oh, that's a cookie cutter home. He just had a little sneaking addiction that he never told his little mouse wife about. So it's okay. <laughs> Children's teeth. <laughs> Some, there's some things that you have to keep secret. Like, imagine there was the internet at that time. Forget like, it. Exposed. All of his history would be like, children's teeth, children's teeth, baby teeth. <laughs> Where have all the baby teeth gone? 
El ratoncito, it's good that you were of a different era. <laughs> yes. you would get exposed on the internet today. This also reminds me of all the other shit my mom has kept. Like, my mom kept the first piece of hair from my first ever haircut. And she also avoided that first haircut like the plague. Like el sereno. Oh. Like el sereno. <laughs> Basically, you want your child to have as long hair as possible to increase their longevity. I don't, I, I don't like, understand what the deal really with hair is. It really feels like this was a big deal. Okay. So here's another thing that Cuban parents sometimes keep. My mom kept my belly button, like the belly button that comes off when like, you're losing your umbilical cord. She mm -hmm. hasn't preserved an alcohol to this day. She brought it from <laughs> Cuba to the United States with her. It was one of the select things that she brought with her on her journey. I, yeah. The other day I asked her, like, why? Why did you choose this? <laughs> Obviously, de recuerdo. De recuerdo. Exactly, Carmen. That's what she said. She said it Obviously. just meant a lot to her. <laughs> and how do I know this? It's because this is part of our culture to preserve our children's like weird things that fall off of their body, you know? And oh, it's God. like, here's my child's first tooth. I'm going to preserve their belly button. Got to keep that too. Because you know what? Because our parents are all obsessed, obsessed with, with us. us. <laughs> and it's so strange because... It's not just being obsessed with us, but then they glorify the things that come off of our bodies, like enough to put them into gold. And I keep asking myself, where did all this gold come from? Cuban families generally kept gold when they could because there was always so much volatility politically and economically that gold... As with many places, gold is was a valuable thing to have that could ensure some stability. But even when you didn't have like an actual like block of gold, these were pieces that were inherited and passed on since they were for babies or for kids. Babies would often grow out of them and then the next person in the family would get to pass it on. And so let's be clear We say baby teeth as jewelry, but actually you're getting that particular piece when you've already lost the tooth. So you're actually more of a full-blown kid by then, right? You're like eight, full seven years kid old. Yeah. Walking but, through. But <laughs> exactly. But by then, it's not really that abnormal to you because you've been blinged out all your life, haven't you? Yes. Okay. If you're a female assigned at birth, you have been blinged out by the time you were two months old. Yep. Because You're two months old. The clock is ticking. It's time to get your earrings. These are usually called aretes dormilonas or sleepy earrings so that you can wear them while you sleep. Yeah, because you're two months old. That's why. You're two months old. You're like, <laughs> that's all you asleep. do. <laughs> that's, yes. That's all you do. And so either someone designated in your family or a pediatrician would pierce all of the kids in the family. And I know that my tia, she pierced the kids with ice and with the earring itself. And voila, all of the girls had earrings and I've had earrings forever. And I had no idea that this was a thing that you could choose to do later in your life. 
Like, I had no choice. I was just, like, born with earrings, and so were you, Carmen. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and I have to confess that I never really thought about it, but, you know, it's definitely something that later on, once I learned that not everybody does this, I was like, oh, wow. And then we also give kids coffee, and, you know, at, like, two months old. Like, look, just- I, saw, I saw some kids walking around, and these were, like, not Cuban kids. I saw some kids, and they didn't have, like, a little hole for their earring, and I was just like, why is your anatomy like this? Like, I thought that you came pierced. You know, it was like I didn't know where babies came from. I thought that everyone had their ears pierced. But anyway, babies are brought by the stork freshly pierced. You can order them that way. Freshly pierced, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) This is so much a thing that I have a friend who married an American partner. They have now since divorced. It may or may not have been because of this problem. But basically, they disagreed about (laughs) piercing their baby girl's ears. So... Take that and do with that whatever you will. Um, Have that conversation (laughs) before you get married, people. This is a take it easy relationship alert. Take it easy, PSA. You're welcome. You know, I wonder if they also disagreed about asabaches. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, definitely. You know, okay. An asabache. What is an asabache? It's a thing that you put on your kid to protect them from a mal de ojo. And it can be like so many different things. It can be un, It could be a piece of cloth that they like strap to your diaper. It could be a pendant. It can be all sorts of things. But the whole point is that it's guarding you against evil eye. And it's pretty blingy. And it's pretty blingy. What else is in the Cuban baby bling catalog? Wow, say that 10 times. Also, un guillo. So you can also have like un pulso, like a um, a, a wrist chain. A bracelet. <laughs> English. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, AKA a bracelet. That's the right name for it. So your bracelet can be engraved with your name on it or shaped with the letters of your name. So you could be a little girl with earrings, una sabache, Un guillo with your name on it and also a necklace with your name on it too in case someone didn't read it on your wrist because your describe. wrist was too tiny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, the minute you started describing all of that, I immediately saw like a little girl in a tiny little merenguito dress wearing like a pair of little tiny angollitas and then Carmen, a little... Carmen, of course she's wearing a merenguito dress. Of course, of course. course. A, a merenguito that dress. That is literally what I saw too. With a pair of little tiny angollitas and a little necklace with a little muelita in it. And then she also has a little bracelet with her name on it. And it's like something super long like Maris Ladies. And nobody can read it, again, because the wrist is tiny. And she also has little tiny zapatico con una correida and little fluffy socks. That is uh, yeah, basically socks and everything. Cuban baby alert. That's that's what you're looking for. So the cherry on top of this whole outfit ensemble is a ring, a baby ring. Me. It me. I had a baby ring. I mean, okay, it wasn't really so much a baby ring. As a matter of fact, this ring actually still fits me. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. It's because I, I my, the rest yes, of my body grew what? and the, my hands stayed seven years old. But I had a ring when I was seven years old that my parents bought for me and they were very proud. They were like, yay. We were able to buy our child jewelry and I picked out a little gold ring with a little pink stone in the middle that is the center of a flower. It's I still if you have ever it. Wanna feel, if you ever want to feel like really big and strong, just hold Carmen's hand little hands yeah it's it's really bad (laughs) (laughs) so this is not all happy okay it's not all uh rainbows and butterflies because as always the revolution and the period especial and all of that like history and shit had an effect on these practices 
It had an effect on baby teeth, this jewelry. It had an effect on jewelry for babies overall. And we're going to get into it. So Yeah, what a buzzkill, that the whole first, revolution thing I that know. people keep talking about. Oh, God. <laughs> The first couple of things that changed was that right when the revolution started, wearing too much jewelry or showing off your jewelry was considered diversionismo ideológico or ideological uh, diversion because it was considered capitalist and a diversion to wear too much jewelry. So there was that. But there was also the jewelry that stood in for religious beliefs like the azabache which stood in for a belief of el mal de ojo, was also prohibited because you also couldn't wear anything that signified your religion or any belief at all. So already post-1960s, no too much jewelry, no azabaches, nothing mal de ojo related, nothing santo related that you can wear, no little crosses either. That's just the beginning. And then our favorite period of history ever. Please Special note the sarcasm. El periodo especial came y la acabó toda because Castro started giving out dollars for people's gold. So after he's like, you can't have gold. Like 30 years later, he's like, wait, shit, this country's going to hell. And uh, now I need gold. I'll take your gold. I know you still have it somewhere. Enjoy. Yeah, with my my whole family's worth of gold, they were given a few American dollars and they were then able to buy soap. And that is one way that people lost generational gold. And you're like, hey, why would your family make that decision? Well, imagine there isn't soap for months. It's not a decision that you make when you're thinking of long-term. It's a decision you make when you're thinking of the now. So a lot of people turned over gold. They turned over the silverware, like the silverware sets that you get when you get married, and any kind of things that were being passed down as forms of generational wealth. And so that really transformed any access to gold and silver that Cubans had. But nowadays... You don't even wear gold or anything too flashy out on the streets in Cuba because you can get assaulted on the streets. It can be too dangerous to wear jewelry at all. So that's in Cuba. But people outside of Cuba who have now reestablished themselves and built any amount of wealth outside of Cuba, a lot of people still prioritize these practices. A lot of people are still blinging out their babies and spending thousands of dollars on Cuban link chains. By the way, Cuban link chains are the ones that all of the rappers wear, the super famous ones. So Cubans doing things with jewelry is not new. We love to bling, we love to shine, and we are not going to stop. But did we invent it? Even the baby teeth no. of jewelry, did we invent that? No. Of course as not. As much as Cubans also <laughs> did not invent espresso coffee. Nope. I'm sorry to say that. We'll get that. to that later. We also did not. So this goes way, way back to the Victorian era, to Queen Victoria herself, who had a child who lost their baby tooth, and Prince Albert designed a brooch with the baby tooth in mind. And so this baby tooth brooch can still be viewed at Buckingham Palace and Clearly, they were royalties, they were trend starters, and people continued to follow this trend. Yeah, and if you look at the brooch, it's really ornate, really intricate. It's a sight to be seen. Also, Mm -hmm. at this time, let's not forget that infant mortality rate was really high. So to have a kid that survived to the age where they got the privilege of losing their milk teeth, 
was something to truly celebrate at the time. Like, yeah, I mean, keeping children alive is something to commemorate throughout the world. And there are many other places with practices where you exchange the first baby tooth. So in West Africa, children get a chicken or a rooster in exchange for their baby teeth. Wow, I would prefer that to the quarters that I got. Honestly, same. Honestly, I would love a chicken. Somebody please bring me a chicken. I will pull out a teeth for you. Tooth. <laughs> I will pull out a tooth An adult frame. tooth. Does it not count if it's adult? Does it have to be a baby? Does it have to be a baby tooth? I guess it might. I does. think there's something magical about baby teeth. That's why mm. you get to exchange it for things. Yeah, that's but, true. But hey, if your mom still has a collection of your baby teeth, you can use it as currency. For a chicken or a rooster. Oh, right. Because it doesn't be, it doesn't need to be a fresh one. Got it. I thought it, it doesn't need to be, to be a fresh, fresh baby. Sorry. It doesn't I'm, need to be fresh. I'm caught up now. I'm caught up now. We're good. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to go call my mom and ask her about my baby teeth. Um, Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Another PSA. Do it today. Take it easy, PSA. Call your mama right now. Get yourself your baby teeth so that you can get yourself on Gaio for Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> also, in some parts of North Africa and the Middle East, I really like this one. We learned that some kids throw their tooth at the sun. And <laughs> that's kind of cute. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Well, now that we have talked your ear off. Hemos metido tremenda muela. That would be the correct thing to say. That is our guanismo for the day. It means that we <laughs> put in, how do you even say this? We put in molar. That's what it translates to. Like tooth, like molar. We put in tooth. So that's. A uh, way to say we've talked a lot. So when someone mete muela, to meter muela. Está metiendo muela. Meter, está metiendo muela. Meter tremenda muela. You add the tremenda when it's extra. When they've talked a lot, a lot. That's all a way to say that you've talked a lot. And it involves a tooth. So we love making connections here. Mm -hmm. We love making connections. One use case of this, for example, is if right now, Frida, I invite you over to a party and I invite somebody that always talks your ear off and then you say to me, no, sorry, Carmen. Ese mete tremenda muela. And then I'll be like, you know what? I get it. It's you or them. Obviously, it's you. <laughs> Do you have any weird or cool baby tooth anecdotes or traditions? Are you from a different culture and you also have some cool practices or some cool tooth fairy versions? Please let us know on Twitter or on Instagram. We are at Take It Easy Pod on both platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Also, thank you to our patrons. Elena, Carolina, Lauren, Gianni, Vidal, Christine, Dee, Derek, Ryan, Jose, Susan, Salia, Catherine, Lauren, Kaylee, Amaury, Kristen, Sarah, Karina, Jason, Josh, Yvette, Kellis, and Jesse. You're amazing. We love you. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash takeiteasypod. You can also email us at takeiteasypod at gmail.com or buy some merch on our website at takeiteasypod.com. Take it easy!